0: Welcome to CCO Podcast, calling college students to serve Jesus Christ with their entire lives. Uh, Welcome. This is a session on vocational ministry. Actually, the title is called, How to Know if You Are Called to Ministry and What to Do About It! Exclamation point. (laughs) So you might be thinking, I'm going to come to this session. I'm going to hear from God. And then I'll know what to do about it. The end. You can go home. You'll know exactly what you want to do with the rest of your life because you're in this room for this hour. Maybe so. We're definitely going to hear from God. We're going to look at his word together. Um, but I sense that if you're in a room like this, then maybe responding to the call of God is not that simple. It's a little more nuanced. It's not just, am I God's? God's child, I mean, but what does it look like to live as his in the world and invite others to live in that way too? And so we're going to dig into that today, but um, I want to tell you, last night I had a dream. This is not a joke, I'm not joking around, I I had a dream. (laughs) That sounds like the beginning of like a joke, right? No, and this wasn't pre-written or anything, so uh, you might be scared and anxious, feeling like I'm going to throw you a curveball or something. Last night, I did have a dream, though, and in my dream, I was teaching the Bible, and then I let the session out after 20 minutes, and you know dreams, how you can feel, feel the dreams, like in the dream, you feel a certain way, and I felt guilty. I felt so guilty, like, did I do something wrong? I was asked to lead a session for an hour. I... We, we taught and studied the scriptures, and then there's just this immense, immense amount of guilt. Did I do it right? And I was reflecting and praying about that this morning, and God just really convicted me that you guys don't need more of my story. Like I'm actually going to cut out a lot of what I prepared to tell you about my own journey. I want to make myself available to you after this, Email, phone call, whatever. I want to make myself available to you this weekend between sessions and things. But you don't need more of my story from that dream. I I gathered, I think we need the Word of God and help from His Scripture, and then freedom to give you two thirds of our time to wrestle with God's call in your life. And so I'm not going to dismiss you after 20 minutes, but I want you to know that this is going to look maybe a little differently than you expected or than I expected, but that's okay. That's actually a good thing. So we might pass by some slides. You might be like, oh, I'd love to hear about idolatry whatever. We can talk about it later. But we're we're going to look at the scriptures, look at God's call and a pattern of God's calling in our lives through the scriptures, and then we're going to break out and talk amongst ourselves and reflect on what God's done in our life to try to uncover maybe what He might be calling us to. So before we do that, I do want to start with a question that I had prepared ahead of time. What is ministry? And I'm throwing it out to you guys. The slide's blank on purpose. I want you guys to fill in the answer. What is ministry? Togetherness. Togetherness. Okay. Togetherness. Interesting. Spreading God's word, element of proclamation, repeating what God says. Cool. Community. Community. Discipleship, preaching, teaching. There's a woe. Okay, so there's an affirmation there. These two guys are going to say the same thing at the same time. Discipleship, preaching, and teaching. Okay. Okay, there's an element of care, blessing, listening, extending, extending, you said, I like that word, the grace of God being unleashed through us, that's good. Prayer, Prayer. ooh, maybe a good starting place, not that it has to stop. Oh. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this session. God, I give this session to you. What a good reminder that it is good to start and continue in prayer. Each one of us is here because you've called us to yourself first. You've come after us. You chased us down in some circumstances and been patient with us. So help us to receive your grace and to give it. Help us to learn more about what you might be calling us to and be faithful to obey. Give us the strength to obey. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right. So all really good definitions of ministry. Um, I was looking through the scriptures and directed by a pastor to a passage in Colossians. And he said that this was his best definition of ministry. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to, we'll stop at 14, but you could keep going. I encourage you to dig into it more. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Right. So that's a That's a really good definition of ministry. In a sense, um, that is a life of Christ. If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, then you are embodying him and extending his grace to the world every single place that you go. So this is a very, very broad view of ministry. That's really a a picture of the Christian life, right? Um, And one of my mentors growing up would say, ministry is being who you are, where you are. And that's not like uh, in a you-do-you kind of way, right? Like, actually, if we have a proper view of how God made us with specific gifts, with specific opportunities... In a place and a time among a people, then everywhere we go, us being who we are, where we are, we are Christ's image bearers and putting on Christ wherever we go. Right? So that's ministry. So spoiler alert, this question or the question that was on the screen, are you called to ministry? The answer is yes. That's it. Go home. <laughs> Seriously, though, I I mean that uh, and I'm not trying just to kind of hoodwink you or twist your arm or whatever. Like you're in this room because Christ has done a work in you, in your life, a miraculous work to bring you from death to life. You are his. You are on mission, period, already for the rest of your life. That's the Christian call. So you don't have to ask that question in this room. Am I called to ministry? I think what we want to ask, and where it's a little more difficult, the nuance of the question, is am I called to a ministry in a particular way or in a particular place or to a very nuanced, specific group of people or for my job and career, for my vocation, for the rest of my life? Am I going to provide for myself and maybe my family through ministry? through extending grace and caring and praying and gathering and preaching and all the things that we described. And that's where we have to do some work today. That's where I can't give you that answer. But what I think my aim for our time today as we look at scripture some more and as we talk to one another is not to tell you whether or not you're called to ministry. The answer is already yes. My aim is to tune our hearts or to ask God to tune our hearts that we might hear from him better and be courageous to respond with faith and obedience. If we can hear him better, then you can go out from this session and continue to wrestle with God and continue to have these conversations and explore what place he's put you in the world for this time, right? So let's tune our hearts to hear from God Um. I was going to tell you a little bit about my story and journey. Maybe we can do that later. Do you guys want to hear that now or later? Would it help you to know a little about me before we dig? Okay, I'll do the bullet point version. I'm not going to tell all the details. You can pull me aside after for that. Um, I work with the CCO. I've been on staff for almost nine years now. Um, I've been on campus. I've been in various kind of regional leadership roles. Um, And two things that I want you to know about God's call and how it played out in my life is that one, the first call to a career of ministry, a, a vocation into getting paid to be a Christian. <laughs> Sorry, can I say that? Uh, <laughs> my, my, my first call was over years, over my whole college years of wrestling. It was, I was taking business classes. Uh, wrestling with, uh, in doing that well in that, um, getting fine grades and whatever. Um, but throughout that time, volunteering in youth ministry and things like that, uh, leading hall Bible studies, praying with people, crying with people, some over their stuff, some over my stuff, but just really saw Jesus working in people's lives during the college years. Um, and eventually, one of my mentors said to me, like, are you going into business essentially to fund your desire to go on missions trips and be involved in people's lives in the evenings and weekends and margins of your life? (laughs) Okay, we're getting real. And so that that was intriguing. Uh, Caused me to pray a lot during that season of my junior year. Um, But it was really good for me to step back and assess my motivations, right? And so anyway, long story short, uh, I began to get excited about the possibility of not just spending a small portion of my time walking with people toward Jesus and telling them about him, but actually spending a vast majority of my time doing that. But that call happened over years. So you might be in that boat. You're in this room because you've been doing some ministry things. You've been seeing God work and you want more of that. And that's been over years. Um, More recently, I I shared with someone that I'm new to Orlando. Yeah, your name? Oh, Cassie. Cassie. So I shared with Cassie, I'm new to Orlando. I moved to Orlando with my family. We have three little girls and my wife. We moved um, six months ago. Last year at Jubilee, I sat in a restaurant across the street and talked to a pastor in Orlando that cast a vision for what it would look like to bring CCO to Orlando. And start a new ministry on a brand new campus. And I had a really good church. And really good friends. And really comfortable life. Doing important ministry work in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we left that time. And I was intrigued. My wife not so much. She'd be okay with me sharing that. And it was off the table. We gave a firm no. But God, week by week... Long story short, I plan to tell you all this stuff. It doesn't matter. But week by week, God was faithful. That's what matters. And he spoke directly to each and every fear that we had. And we moved our family in the course of a few months across the country. And so some of you might have a slow call in a yearning that's building and growing. Some of you might have a direct call and you're in this room because you're wanting to get permission to say no to a call to vocational ministry, to a career of ministry, to a life of ministry. And regardless of where you are on that spectrum, I will tell you there are fears that are real and idols that we have. And unless we address those fears and those idols, then we're not going to be free to say yes to some of the best things that God might do through you. Okay? So that's a little bit about me. I could go way in depth on like week by week discernment and crying out to God. We can talk about that later, but I need you to know fears are real, but God is good and he will address your fears. And maybe today he might start to address some of them and give you a joy in the idea that this might be what you want to do for the rest of your life. All right. Enough about me. Um, If you have your Bibles, please open to Exodus. It's where we're going to spend a lot of our time before we break into discussion groups. That's my family. There we are. That's in 2011, going to Indiana, and that's in 2019, arriving in Florida. Cool. Idols, cool. All right. Let's go to Exodus um, chapter 20. And if you're familiar with Exodus, you know that... um, This is where Moses receives the Ten Commandments, right? And before we read some chunks of scripture from here, whoops. um, this comes from observations about the Bible and having conversations over a number of years about calling. But I would encourage you, where you read scripture about God calling somewhere someone to look for these things. And we're going to look for these things in our own life together today. God's character. Often, actually 160 times in the Bible, he says, I am the Lord. That's how he starts something. And from that, things follow. So our calling starts with God's character, and then it goes to God's faithfulness. So he calls to mind what he's done, okay? And so his faithfulness is really just his character on display over time. So that's God's faithfulness, and he's been faithful in each and every one of our lives. That's why we're in this room today. God's command, so that's what his call is, what he's telling you to do. God's promise, so it says what he will do as he gives you that command And then our response, a small but very important part of the equation. And don't get it wrong. There are two responses, obedience or disobedience. Um, One guy I worked with used to say, uh, delayed obedience is not obedience at all. So there's grace. You know, some people ask, have I missed my call? There's grace, there's wrestling, there's time. But if God is giving you a clear word, whether it's through his word and through a mentor, a biblical counselor, or a friend, or just in the sessions this weekend, don't delay. That, he, wants, he wants our full, what I like to call preemptive obedience. Before he even says something to us, let's have a posture that we're going to respond and obey. So we're going to read what he has to say to us now, and let's try to hold that posture. So I'm going to skip around a little bit, so be prepared to flip. Uh, just between a couple pages here. But Exodus Exodus chapter 20, we're gonna start with verses one to three and we're gonna see some of this framework. I'll actually, oh, there we go. (laughs) That's actually a portrait of of a color photograph of Moses. That's real. They dug that up somewhere. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, All right, so we can read it from the screen. That's fine. And God spoke all these words saying... I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Do you see some of this? I am the Lord, or I am God, right? Boom. Who he is, who spoke these words saying, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. What he's done. You shall have no other gods before me. The first of the Ten Commandments. And by the way, this is your story too. What other gods did we previously put before him? Yeah. It's rhetorical, but you can. This is good. No, that's good. Sports. Any, I mean, there's, there's tons of gods that we put before him. I'm not going to come down because there's more slides. Um, lots of things. Skip ahead to verse 18. It says, Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off. And they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die You guys came here to hear from God. Do we hold this view? That if we actually heard from God, we might die? That it's life and death? Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. And then skipping ahead to verse 24. An altar of the earth you shall make for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings. Here's some instruction, continued instruction after the 10 commandments. Your sheep and your oxen. And then here's a bit of a promise. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. Every single place that his name is remembered, he will come to us and bless us. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that why you're here this weekend? That God will come to us and bless us? And when does he come to us and bless us? When we remember. So our calling is really about God. And so it starts with our remembrance. Okay, And I'm going to give you one more nugget and then we'll break out into groups. How are we on time? Am I honoring what the Lord has told me? Twenty two. Okay, It's about 20 minutes. That's pretty close. All right. Um, So I told you that Colossians verse in Colossians chapter three was uh, one person's view of the best definition of ministry in the Bible. And I kind of stumbled across this. And I really rushed to the end of this. I, when you read this, you're like excited when you hear the end of this, right? I will come to you and bless you. You almost forget the rest of these verses. I actually think one of the best definitions of ministry is in this verse, Exodus twenty twenty four. Believe it or not, I looked up a little bit about burnt offerings and peace offerings and this is what i th- what i found out that burnt offerings were offerings made to turn god's wrath away from people and that peace offerings were also often free will offerings so didn't come with the festivals and that you know weren't given but they were free will offerings right and they were often offerings of thanksgiving vow and worship so here's my question and as we were defining ministry earlier what is ministry but turning or seeking to turn the wrath of God away from those that we love the people in our life so burnt offerings and peace offerings which are free will thanksgiving vows which are commitments and worship right So when when Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, to live, to present yourself as living sacrifices, a sacrifice would be a burn offering, a living sacrifice to turn the wrath of God away. We know ultimately only Jesus does that, but we're introducing others to him so that they might respond. And similarly, peace offerings, right? To make peace, to be thankful to make commitments and vows and worship, right? That's what we want of the people with whom we're ministering, right? So kind of secret, hidden, awesome definition of ministry in the middle of burnt and peace offerings, which ultimately are fulfilled in Christ in his person and work. So here's what we're going to do. It's 25 after, and we're going to have some group questions. I would love this to be a really sacred time, so... Nowhere after lunch, it's okay. But I would love if you're willing to be transparent with those around you who you might not even know, to have this time be a time of remembrance. Remember that that's what we're called to do as we engage the call of God is to remember God's character and his faithfulness. So will you, with the people around you, answer these questions? What attributes of God have you seen recently? In what specific ways has he been faithful to you? Specific ways, if you're willing to share, has God been faithful to you? And then as a way, once again, of remembrance, just share with people around you how you came to Christ. Who was integral to that or what, how did that happen? Okay, So I'm going to give some space, a few minutes for you guys to remember together. And then we'll come back and, and wrestle a little bit more specifically with the nuances of our own calling. Go for it. All right. You guys good? You share a little bit more about... you. I'm glad you guys are talking a lot. This is awesome. I hope you're making new friends. Um, I shared with you a little bit about my story, and I didn't name specifically, but I think it might be worth naming specifically some of the fears that I faced initially coming on staff with the CCO and then eventually being called to Florida. Um, initially, I, you know, I was studying business, which can be a lucrative career if done well. And so considering ministry, I had a real fear about provision, right? Thinking that if I, if I work hard, I'm going to make a decent amount of money. And so to kind of set that idol aside was really hard. So that might be a fear that you have if you're in this room. Um, other people. I have people in my family who I think it's kind of a waste to go to school for business and then go into ministry. <laughs> Anybody relate that? Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And uh, there's also probably a fear of other people in, in friendships or people who think like, it's cool that you're a Christian, but like, do you have to go? You know, it's embarrassing or talking about whatever. You get it. You've, you've heard those things, I'm sure. Um, and then failure. I think in a sense, uh, it's a little safer to go into business where you're part of a structure that if you have an idea and a product or a service and you do it well, you make money. It felt like a lot was on the line if I go into ministry, invite other people to support me, say this is what we'll do, and if it doesn't happen, that doesn't say something about a bottom line. Maybe that says something about myself as a leader or a follower of Christ that I wasn't willing to deal with. So provision, people, failure, all things that were fears. More recently, here's some fears. Um, When being called to move across the country to respond um, to that new opportunity that God gave us, Proximity to family. All my family's in Pittsburgh. My wife's family's in Columbus, and we lived in Indianapolis. All of our family is in this part of the country, and we love our family. So why would we move far from them? It's hard. House. We're moving to a, from a city that's so affordable to a very expensive, actually twice as expensive city. We were afraid we weren't going to find a house. And then friendship. We had made really good friends. What if we go and yeah, ministry's okay, but we're lonely. And here's what I want to tell you. This is not going to end the way that you think. (laughs) Each of those fears actually happened like the things that we were afraid of happened. We were under contract with three separate houses, paying for inspections, that, and all of those felt you know, two of those three fell through. We had a time frame we needed to move into a house, that, you know. I, I joked with my wife that the son of man didn't have a place to lay his head. So we're going to be homeless. We'll be like Jesus. She didn't think that was funny. <laughs> So each of those things happened, and I was talking to my wife before I came here, and CJ her name. CJ said, you know what, and we're okay. Like, in a sense, like, yes, actually, I, I could share way more details about how challenging that transition has been, and yet, God is so good. We're more than okay. So even if the things that happen, there's sometimes, those fears are sometimes bigger in our heads than they actually are in real life. So I've learned this, and then I'm going to turn you back to answer these questions among your group. I've learned this, that um, this could be a whole separate breakout session. Maybe it will someday. Um, there's, a, there's a correlation, and I don't know exactly what it is, between sacrifice, boldness, and perseverance. I have to tease it out a little bit. But like we look at Christ as our example. He had the most to sacrifice, and he did. And so, in some ways, that was the boldest thing that could ever be done. And he persevered and wanted God to take the cup, but he saw through to the end and gave his life. Like, that is of, that's like Christ on the cross. Like, the shape of ministry is cross shaped. But if you have lots to sacrifice in this room, I'm glad you're here because if you do, then I think you will be bold with the gospel. When I moved to Florida in the last six months, I've been more willing not always perfectly and able to articulate the gospel boldly. In a way, I'm kind of like, I moved across the country for this. I'm not going to not tell you about Jesus, (laughs) you know? And so so if you have lost a sacrifice, do it and do it joyfully because people will begin to respond. You'll see a lot of the fruit of that sacrifice in God's timing. And then perseverance. I think ministry is hard. A life of ministry, vocational career ministry is hard. I think if if you've laid down your life, like Christ has laid down his life for you, in a sense, to give it back to him, then, then persevere with it, right? Like you're going to be, he's going to, if he gave his life for you, then he's going to help sustain you in whatever he's called you to. So those are some things that I learned. I want you guys now to talk a little bit about your fears. This is, Group conversation, real talk. What are your greatest fears related to accepting a call to vocational ministry or a life of paid ministry, whatever language you want to put to it? What are your greatest fears, if you're willing to name them? And how did your remembrance that you just did, the things that you named about God's character and faithfulness, how does your remembrance confront those fears today? Go. All right, guys. Everybody get a chance to say something? Name your greatest and deepest fears. (laughs) Yeah, come to that workshop next year. All right. Let's do this. I want to leave some time for Q&A. There's wisdom in many counselors. uh, As I was first discerning a call uh, to ministry vocationally, and then eventually to CCO, I talked to lots of older, wiser ministry people you don't have voices in your life that you're processing this stuff with, like find them, go and invite someone to meet with you weekly for six weeks to figure this out. If this is something God's calling you to, it's a good next step. But one of those guys said to me, do you guys even use checks? (laughs) I don't, I don't use checks. I don't use checks anymore. Um, but I have a checkbook and what do you do with the check? And this was over the phone. I remember where I was standing. Um, you put in the date. So we would put today's date. Someone. Sounds like I'm out of here. <laughs> out of here. Cool. Um, we're good. So you you put in today's date, right? And then pay to the order of, we're going to do some, we're <laughs> starting the Q&A. What goes on that line? This is basic finance. Right. Who you're paying. Yeah, there we go. You got it. What goes on this line down here, number four? Yeah, that's the words that say how much is in this number three, the box, right? They say finance. What's down here, number five, bottom right? Signature, yeah. What's this down here? It's the memo. You don't need that. What's your name? What's your name? Luke says you don't need the memo. And what's so ironic about Luke saying you don't need the memo is all of my point I'm just about to make is about the memo line. <laughs> this is so good. So he says to me, look, what you have in your life is time, talent, and treasures. The time that God's given you, the talent, the gifts, the ways that God's made you in made you, your treasures, the, the, the resources he's given you, right? And so the amount that you're paying... Is your time, talent, and treasures. You write that out. T, T, T. Time, talent, treasures. You write it out right here. And you're paying it to God, right? He's given his life for you. You've given your life back to him, right? Anything you have is his. So you're paying it to God, right? And then you're signing your name here. You're saying, My life is on the line. I'm giving it all to you, right? You're sliding it across the table. You're today giving God your time, talent, and treasures. And he says to me, Your vocational call or what you decide to do for your career in your life is how you want the recipient of the check to direct the funds right so if you want it to go to a certain account or a certain person or certain you put that on the memo line luke <laughs> and so you guys are here because Christ has a hold of your life. You've already given him your life. You've written the check. You've signed your name. And you're here. You're just, where is the best place that you can direct your resources, your time, your talent, your treasures, for, to, to leverage them for the greatest kingdom impact? That's what you're deciding. And in a way, I don't think you can mess it up. There's lots of opportunities for the gospel. Take a step of faith. Hand him the check. He'll keep it. If he wants to scribble it out and direct it somewhere else, he's sovereign. He's God. He can do that. <laughs> but for now, you're making a decision with the wisdom of God where you want that check to go. And then he's going to help you cash it for the rest of your life. Cool? We'll end with scripture and then do Q&A for like two minutes. Sorry. Um, I was studying this last week with a student, and I think this is good because the other scriptures we've looked at talk about a life of following Jesus, which is a call um, or burnt offerings and, you know, laying down our life as a living sacrifice. That is every Christian's call. But here's in the Old Testament, First Chronicles, chapter 28. This is a specific task that um, David is encouraging Solomon to take. So this might relate a little bit to you guys who are saying, I get that I'm called Jonathan. I I get it. (laughs) Like, cool. I know I'm supposed to love Jesus and love other people, but how and where, right? And here's an example of of encouragement amidst a nuanced call. Maybe you need this today. Good way to wrap up. Chapter 28 of 1 Chronicles, starting at verse 9. Just 9 and 10. And you, Solomon... My son, know the God of your father and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. Know him. The first thing, once again, our calling begins with God. Know him and serve him with whole heart and willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. His promise. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Love that verse. That's like one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Be strong and do it. It's like Nike. <laughs> right? But like, look at this. Like It says... Know God, serve Him. He he knows your heart already. And then what he says, is he says, be careful. Be careful. There's a lot of good ideas going around here as you guys are discerning. But you guys need to be careful. Because God's chosen you to do certain things. We know that from Ephesians. Before the foundations of the earth, he planned things for you to do. We know that from 2 Timothy, uh, where it talks about the word of God being living, and or not living active, but good for training, equipping in righteousness, that you may be equipped for every good work. So there are works that you are to walk in. So you guys, I'm in the South now, y'all need to be careful to hear from God. And then when you do hear from God, be strong and do it. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks so much for this time. You are so good. You've given us your word. We've heard from you today, and we want to continue hearing from you. I hope our hearts are tuned to hear your voice that we might respond in faith. Lord, we're not always obedient. We confess that we have idols and fears that are all mixed up in good desires as well. And we pray that you help us unravel that, that you forgive us. We know that you do. But we pray that you would give us strength to walk in obedience. That as we continue to unpack your specific call for us, that as we take a step, we know you are with us. That you go in front of us, you're behind us and on every side. You protect us and even if we mess up, there's grace for that too. Thanks so much for your grace. We love you. In your son's name we pray, Jesus.